Hi, I'm Sanera Madani, and I'm a mom of two, a daughter of an immigrant and an unlikely entrepreneur who went from scaling an idea to a billion dollar business. Yes, a billion dollar business. Along the way, I learned that less than 2% of female founders ever hit 1 million in revenue. And I became obsessed on a mission to change that. I believe that there is so much gatekeeping in business knowledge and that we as female entrepreneurs should be learning from other female founders and leaders who have broken the statistics. Since I never went to CEO school, I've had to learn it all the hard way, but you shouldn't have to because we believe that you deserve to have it all. And honestly, nothing bad happens when women make more money. Grab a seat because class is officially in session. Welcome to CEO School. Hey everyone, welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanera Madani, and today I'm going to be sharing some behind the scenes of a couple of just fantastic experiences that have taken place of Sal and I being invited to the White House and then last week getting to go to Vice President Kamala's home as well. And so these experiences have happened just recently and um, I shared about them on social media and I have actually not let all of our podcast listeners in on what took place, how it took place, why it took place and what's to come from it. And so I thought I would take an opportunity to share share it with you. And I had so many women just share with me on how they want to be invited to the table. And I was, you know, can't wait to bring all of you with me to these experiences. And I get to do that here on social and on the podcast. But I did want to share the how and the why. And so um, first, I just wanted to start by just sharing how what an unbelievable honor it was. I will literally say that I like dropped my like like I fell over from a chair when I first received the email for the original White House invite and it was for um, Eid it was for uh, a celebration at the White House for the um, end of Ramadan that you know Eid is uh, we have two Eids a year so we have Eid al-Fitr and Eid al-Adha and by coincidence they're just kind of like pretty close in timing uh, so we had the first celebration in May and it was um, all about Edel Fither and it was, you know, this is an event um, for um, for Muslims all over the world and we celebrate the end of Ramadan. So Ramadan is a period of fasting, as many of you know, and for those that don't know, it is a time in Islam when you really cleanse and, you know, there's a physical component of the fast, but it means so much more than just the physical component. It is a time where you spiritually cleanse, where you cleanse bad habits, where you cleanse bad thoughts, where you are really trying to kind of reset your mind, body, and soul. And you go through this cleansing process and you go through this 30 days of of fasting and you fast physically from sunrise to sunset. So you don't eat or drink during those hours. So there's a physical fast, but also it's that mental fast. It's you, you know, being hyper aware and trying to get closer, you know, you know, in your spirituality, you do, um, you know, extra work for charity and you're like setting your intentions for this year ahead. And so it's just like this beautiful time of reflection and a time of giving back. And that is what uh, Ramadan and the season of Ramadan is all about. And the White House um, has hosted an Eid dinner, an Eid reception, an Eid gala um, for several years now uh, with from, from many presidents that, you know, um, have celebrated this holiday. It is a major holiday for Muslims around the world and for Muslim Americans. And it is, un, you know, it is, it's important. It's so amazing that the White House does celebrate this and there is a beautiful reception that takes place. The only time that the reception uh, did not take place uh, for Eid is when Trump was in office. So this fun fact that I learned, obviously not a fun fact, um, but that was um, the only time that it has not been celebrated at the White House. And so, you know, being invited to the White House, like when we got the invite, it was first via email. We did get a formal, beautiful, beautiful invitation, uh, but it was first via email and it was super official. And it was like, you know, we have, we love the request of your presence for the Eid reception. And you had to like, you know, you like, it was, it was literally unbelievable. You had to like sit, you had to like click this link and it was super like secure. And it took you to like a different like portal and you had to type in like all of your background stuff from like your social and all of these things to like accept the invite. Um, 
And so, but it was, it was definitely a surreal moment and something that I had not even thought of. So this is not like, I mean, I am usually one, you hear me, you know, every week and I share so much about, you know, dreaming big and, um, you know, all of these things, but truly like you can't be what you can't see. And so I did not know that there is this, like, I don't follow this. I didn't know that the White House does this. I didn't even think to put myself on this list of people that would ever be invited, um, you know, to, uh, to something like this. I don't consider myself somebody who is very political. Um, I have no desire to uh, run for politics or not, or I'm not like associated with anything um, in policy or um, advocacy in that capacity. However, I learned so much of just going through this process, like these last several months of how important it is uh, to be involved in government and, um, you know, be advocates for things that you really care about. And I think that is who I am, but I just never really pictured myself from a, um, a government perspective, a White House perspective, and Sanira Madani as a human perspective as well. And so when we received the invite, um, it was definitely such an honor. And I was like in tears and I called my mom and then I called Sal and Sal was like, I have the invite too. And it was so such a special moment as a family. And no, we did not get any plus ones. And so um, I um, was not able to take any, I was not able to take my husband. And that was definitely something that I, I wish one day I'm going to get to experience with him as well. But I was super, super grateful that um, I get to, you know, I got to do it with Sal and so preparing for the White House, um, it was a beautiful reception, but I had no idea what to expect. And we had an opportunity to, one, it said to wear traditional attire or formal attire. So we do, you know, did know that I was uh, formal. It wasn't um, like black tie, but it was definitely formal. And so I, um, you know, was looking at, like, I was like, I want to represent um some amazing designers or like I was trying to make sure that my culture was represented, but I also wanted to represent a woman in business that just, you know, also needs to go with me. And so, um, I met this beautiful woman online digitally through a friend. Um, and she has a brand called Ara, uh, by Sana and Sana is a Pakistani Muslim who lives in New York and she literally has the most beautiful, um, you know, Western, Pakistani um, gowns and clothes and things that I would wear I could wear to like you know any other black tie event but it does represent my culture and it represents the two sides and her story is so incredible I cannot wait she's going to come on the show this season as well and so um, she dressed me for the event and it was so awesome to be able to represent a strong American Pakistani Muslim woman as well and um, yeah, so Sal and I got to go to the White House. We had to go through our background checks and all of those things. And then when we got there, um, we definitely had no idea what to expect either, right? And so I didn't know anybody that had gone there. And people are like, how did you get the invite? How did you get the invite? Um, I will say that there are people that pay attention, that are, you know, that are in, you know, that are, that are working in the offices and that are paying attention. And I will say that there are, um, some South Asian women, um, that are paying attention. And I do have to get a shout out to, um, Opal Vadan, who is the chief of staff of Kamala Harris. Um, I don't think, I don't know if anybody who's in particular had like the exact hand in getting me there, but I will say that it's probably no coincidence that there are some amazing amazingly powerful South Asian women in media, in politics that are trailblazers. So um, Opal is one of them and uh, Anita, um, um, Anita Chatterjee, who's also in New York and she is my publicist and she is just does so much with women, um, South Asian women as well. And so I do believe that through a couple of these, like, I'm sure, my, you know, I'm sure, I don't know how the, what the process is like to go through and to get invited, but I am also not oblivious to the fact that there are people who speak about you uh, in rooms when you are not there. And I think that is super, super important. And that's why it's so important to have a tribe. And it's so important for you to meet and make connections and build actual meaningful relationships. Like it's not just going to happen. There is no coincidence in life. Like there aren't coincidences. coincidences. I'm going to say that again because I think this can be powerful. There are no coincidences in life. I really don't believe in coincidences. I think that things 
are perfectly designed uh, by the universe in that way for it to magically, it, it happens for a reason. And I do believe that the that all those things pay off in cultivating these relationships. You guys hear me talk so much about why relationships are important. And one of the things that I'm so fearful of in today's business world and in today's uh, world with how you know individualistic it is and how transactional it is, we don't value those relationships. And relationships and people are what make the world move, right? It's it's not technology and it's not the, you know, it's, it, it's not the screens and it's not hiding behind the web and on social media. It's people, people make, you know, the world go around and it's those relationships and it's the connectivity. And I do believe that there is, there is not a, just not a coincidence. I didn't apply for anything. I didn't, um, you know, uh, go meet someone and say that the next day that, you know, this happened or took place. I do believe it's a culmination of all the little efforts that you do and you do good and you, Uh, stand up for things and you um, advocate and you really become passionate about the thing that you're building and you love. And when you are out there sharing that message, spreading that message, and you really do care and your why can speak beyond you, right? Like you don't have to share that. Like you people know your why and people connect when they hear something about um, women in business and they think of me. And it's not, I didn't tell them to think of me, but this has been, it didn't just happen overnight right? And so it wasn't a coincidence. And I fully believe that it's, it is fate. It is, it's fate, but it's, it's also the, all the little, all the culmination of all the hard work and all the relationships. And that's how these opportunities do happen. And so, um, when we got the invite, it was just such an honor. And when we actually went to the white house, I would say first, like Sal and I were super, super intimidated, nervous, all of the imposter syndrome that you could ever imagine takes place of like, I can't believe we're here. Why are we here? What did we say? What did we talk about? And so I definitely did all my research as much as I could on the administration and like how, like whatever I could find on um, just like little facts about about the White House and about the people that work at the White House and um, just what's happening in, in policy and foreign policy. And I'm, I'm not one that um, you know, like loves to, uh, uh, to read and like, you know, to read policy and to read like government, like, you know, uh, foreign affairs and, and, uh, things that are taking place in politics, but it was important for me to be educated. I wanted to make sure. And I think that's something for me when I feel that imposter syndrome or where I feel not confident, the way I gain my confidence is by, by putting in the work. Right. And so I did, I called my friend Kelly, uh, Kelly Cohen, who is, um, you know, a unbelievable, incredible strategist and lobbyist. And I called her and I was like, okay, you got to like, we got to go to dinner. You got to fill me in on all the things that are taking place. What are the things that are taking place for even Muslim Americans? And how can I um, go in educated? And one, I would say I, I hated that it took me an event like this for me to educate myself. And sometimes I think with the news and with you know, you know, policy and with politics, I turn it off because when I, when I open my phone or when I open the news, it just feels so divisive. And I'm one that unites, like I'm definitely a peace builder. I'm a, you know, I like everyone's perspective and I do feel I advocate for things that I care about, but I also just feel like obviously like the media is so biased in, in different ways and it's so hard. Um, it just feels you've, you feel pulled and not, it feels toxic. It doesn't feel I'm getting the right information that I need. Um, and so I've kind of just really post-election, um, you know, honestly, post-Trump, I've really stopped um, as much as I can to like not just leave it out of my brain. But I do feel like it's not the right, I learned that it's not the right mentality. Like I cannot, uh, I'm such a proud American. And I, this is our country and it is the greatest land uh, to live in and it is has provided my family with so much opportunity and me with so much opportunity and my kids with all the, f- the future opportunity and the safety and like there's so much that there's the world um, just is you know it's a hard place and we live in such a privileged we're so privileged to be Americans and I know that and as a you know child of an immigrant I really know that but it's not it's not the right way to go about life turning everything off because it's not convenient for me. And so it was kind of a wake-up call, I would say, for me personally and understanding that I do need to educate myself. I do need to understand 
why you know what's important and what's important to me and what's important for me as a mother and as uh, for my kids and for my business as a business owner and how I can make sure that my voice is heard at the table as well and not just discount my voice and that is I would say one of the the biggest things that I learned from going to the White House was knowing that my voice actually matters and that I wasn't just invited there to be a checkbox on a list somewhere and to have a, you know, a token, you know, a, a, a reception and, you know, check, a, you know, check on the list to say, oh, we, we did this and we hosted an amazing Muslim woman um, who supports like women in business. Like, I'm sure that there, there was parts of that, but there was a reason why I was on the list, but I wasn't a checkbox. My voice actually mattered. And when I got there, the conversations, like the people that were there were world leaders, world leaders that were there. And Sal and I got to be in the room, you know, shoulder to shoulder with billionaires and with um, successful, so successful um, humans in every capacity, first of their kinds, pioneers of their kinds, inventors and artists and CEOs and politicians and, 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 and statesmen and uh, congresswomen. And it was it's just, it's just a, it was a room that I truly never saw myself belonging. Uh, but when I was in the room, it was, I felt, I, it, I felt this tiny, but I was so happy that I had a seat at that table. And I did feel like my voice mattered and that I did belong in what I am doing and what we're doing in, you know, being the first of our kind to, to build a billion dollar business and, and being this woman here who wants to support and show every woman out there that she can do it too and I carry all these voices with me when I go that I did belong in the room and it was extremely special and then to kind of like top off the whole thing it was centered around Eid it was centered around this amazing you know holiday that we celebrate as Muslims and something for the audience to like I don't know if I like you know, really resonated with like the being a Muslim part first in my like in my, you know, growing up in America, I would say post 9-11, it was made very clear, uh, you know, that it, you know, it was a really hard place for Muslims in the country uh, to share that we were Muslim, you know, and for our own safety and for all of the the racism and the, um, you know, just the hate and the, you know, the, it was really, really difficult. I remember my father's store was vandalized every single week, every single week. And, you know, every, no one forgets where they were at 9-11. It was the most devastating thing to watch and to see. And I was in middle school and I remember immediately feeling like a complete outsider. I'd never been an outsider before. I was an American-born girl and I identified as myself as Sanira. I didn't identify myself. I didn't have a label on me as a Muslim American. I just was Sanira. And I knew my parents were, you know, we were Pakistani. I like had lived in Pakistan for a little bit. We came back to America. And sometimes I had a little bit of a Fabi accent on certain words. And, but I, my culture, like I, I was embarrassed. Um, just like, you know, when my mom would like send me little samosas in my lunchbox or like, I'm like, why can't I just have the Lunchables? Or there were things about um, like that were like the normal side of like, you know, your immigrant parents. But I never felt like an outsider. I always felt like I had this like really fun, like my parents were these like, you know, our family was crazy and like this is what, you know, that's what that's what it was. That was my childhood. But I never knew that I was as different as I was made to feel um, post 9-11. And this is in every story, like for every Muslim is different in America post that. Um, and it, it was hard. And so I kind of went into this shutdown mode of like, and I was told not to share it. So not because my parents were, um, you know, wanting us to not be proud of our culture or not be proud of anything. It was, it was just hard. Like going through airports was hard. Like just you were like it was easier to um, for people to just like assume you were Indian or something like some other stuff, like a non-Muslim. And so I don't I and I'm having a hard time even just like sharing this with all of you. So I appreciate the vulnerability in the space. I did not think that this is where this was going to go. But here we are, <laughs> so let's do it. And I, I remember just not, just only like like, I get why my parents were like just you don't have to you don't have to talk about it. And 
we grew up as liberal Muslims. We grew up as Shia Muslims, and we I'm an Ismaili Muslim, which is one of the most amazing communities, uh, which is focused around uh, so much impact and giving and volunteerism and just all around the globe. Like we have just the most amazing community, such a successful and educated community, and um, our our culture was amazing. But I definitely outside in like I never was like I'm Muslim, I'm Muslim, and even when um, and my friend Kelly, actually the one who I sat with when I came to, when in Orlando, when I was starting the business and she was like, why, you know, she's like, you are such an amazing, like, why don't you, I never hear you, you know, you know, go to the Muslim functions. I don't see you talk about, uh, Islam. Like, you know, you're such a prominent voice in business. Like you should be, you know, you should be utilizing that and, you know, supporting your community. And I was just like, Kelly, like, I want to grow my business. And I don't want people to put, put a label. And I was so afraid of the label. And maybe it's because like post when I was 12, I felt so labeled that I almost completely disassociated with my culture in that way and my religion. And I, what we aren't one to like, I wasn't religious in a sense of like, you know, the, the, the like religious in a capacity of like, you know, fasting and going to, you know, going to, you know, praying at certain times or like the fit, like the tangible side of religion. It was more the spiritual side of religion. And so I was like, no, 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 that's just not, I never want to talk about that. And I would say that that narrative shift for me is when I had children. And I would say like, when I really think back at the reasons why I am so successful or the reasons why our family, like, like even in Sal's episode, I'm sure we talked so much about our upbringing and there are values that religion does teach you. It's not about the physical or like the, those aspects of it, but it's really about the value system and like being good humans and doing the right things and, uh, you know, knowing that you're, you know, that there's like your good deeds matter. And, and so those things are important. And I think after I became a mother is when I've been more, um, in tune to my spirituality is like what you know I do believe that there is uh you know a higher power in the universe and that and it is the universe and whatever form we call this being uh whether it's the universe or whether it's God or whether it's uh you know any you know whatever it is there is a there is magic there is this energy and there is an energy force that drives like all of this good in you know to me and and so I do want that for my children. And I feel like that is kind of when I have been more uh, vocal about, you know, standing up for, um, like, I'm going to scratch that. And that is when I have, like, more connected with my spirituality. And then when it comes down to using my voice, I didn't really start using my voice within the platform until I had so many South Asian women connect and follow me I actually did not know I was like just talking to women in business but again you can't be what you can't see and I would get messages like every single day every single day and I would screenshot some of them to save to like remind me of like it is important for me to share and I would have every every style of woman um you know send me messages but the ones that were Muslim women and South Asian women um, really just, it was, it, it was important for them to see another brown woman building this business and doing the, what I was doing and sharing what I was sharing so that she felt like she can do it too. And that is when I would say, I, I really was like, wow, this scenario, this is really important and that you do have this platform and you do have this voice and people are paying attention and people are listening and you're being selfish. Like you're just growing your business right? And this is so much greater than you. And when that shift really took place is what I would say, I started to become a bit more comfortable. I wouldn't say that it's like, it was like fully comfortable. And that's been this like evolution over the last several years. But I would say like coming to the White House and kind of going back to it was this like full circle moment that like everything came together, that I was there for a reason to represent all of those little girls, right? All of those girls like me, all of those little girls like my daughters who, um, like, I was there to represent that, right? And that was so powerful and so important. And 
I carried that with me and it was just this unbelievable, you know, so going to the White House was unbelievable. Being around these conversations were amazing. But then also carrying that with me, I did feel like I carried, I carried that, that energy and, and those women that have come before and the, the women that are going to come in the future. I carried that. I carried that in my heart um, very deeply when I went. And it was, it was magical. We got to hear, um, you know, the first time at the White House. So like when we're walking in and it's beautiful um, and we like, it was just so like, you're just in awe of these rooms and like knowing that all of these, like all of the portraits of the presidents and all the portraits of the first ladies, um, first ladies. And I like literally went and like, like first thing I went to go go find Michelle Obama's uh, painting and it was so beautiful it was unbelievably beautiful I would say that there were a few portraits that really stood out to me and the Obama's portraits were by far my favorites to see because they were the most different and a lot of the you know the um, previous presidents um they were very pre- like very presidential, right? Presidential seal, mahogany chair. So like every, every president gets their portrait um, put up in the White House, and it's like this oil paint, it's this beautiful piece of art. Um, and I felt like there was a message in almost like each of these paintings. And so my favorite part was like you know just like checking out like all of the rooms and the the green room and the blue room and the red room and um like the movie theater and just all of the things were just amazing and everything was like you could, like it just felt like I was touching something that was so important um so that part was crazy but my favorite was seeing all the different portraits in the different rooms and like legit we literally had like there was a reception there was like 300 people there and we we're like walking around and there was like you know um musicians playing and like hors d'oeuvres being passed around and it was it was a reception. It was, it was, I wouldn't say it was like a party in a sense of like, it was like a dance party, but it was an event. It was this, this reception, uh, to celebrate something. We got to hear the president speak. I've never ever seen, um, you know, a a president speak to me and it was a surreal experience. I got to see, uh, vice president Kamala Harris speak and just like seeing her, I was like dying the entire time. Um, not that the president isn't important, but like legit, like I was just dying over Kamala the entire time and she's so eloquent and it's just, everything is just so amazing. And I feel like I'm sure my brother's experience was a completely different experience than what my experience was, but that's what I was experiencing. I was experiencing her and just soaking it all in, but the portraits were my favorite. And what I was saying about the portraits was that like, you could see like all of the, you know, the presidents had like a mahogany chair. They were at their desk and it was like an eagle or the American flag, the presidential seal, very masculine, very, um, you know, traditional is the word that I would describe. And then the first ladies as well were very eloquent, very poised. Um, some had like their pet, some had like, just like, you know, just the backgrounds were different. Um, the, you know, the dressing was very conservative, like very, again, formal. And then you see the Obamas and you see Michelle Obama's painting and she's in a bright yellow dress. And then her shoulder, like the, uh, the dress has an off the shoulder dress. And you're like, Michelle, get it girl. Like you can tell that is her and that she like was telling a message that she's different and she is herself and she's beautiful. And she's, uh, she's, sexy but you know elegant like it didn't it wasn't you know it was so elegant uh but it was still it was a message you know like none of the other like first ladies had their you know shoulders bare and um I'm actually so glad I'm wearing a off the shoulder dress today not on purpose but uh channeling my inner Michelle here today and she was she was she was like I'm here and that was fucking powerful to me and when you saw President uh, Obama's painting, it was all white, like no chairs in the back, no mahogany, no traditional, nothing in the background. It was literally a modern portrait of all white and just him, like just him, no seals, no like nothing, no like no presidential seal on his painting, 
that to me was like mind boggling. And it was like just him, just him. And like, I think it was an American flag pin and like all white background. Like he literally was just looking at you and it was so different. And what I took away from that was, again, I'm here. And when you looked around the room, because there were all of the different paintings, they stood out. Like, you know, President Obama's painting was a white background, and he's a black man. A black man. So, like, you can, it was, it was, you cannot miss it, right? Everybody else was, like, you know, traditional and the same. And I know there's a lot of controversy around all these things, but man, I just love it when you leave a message like that. You know, you leave a message that I am here and you own you. And that is what I personally, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about the, the paintings. I'm not here. I don't have any political agenda. I'm not here to, like, I just wanted to share what I took away as, you know, you know, a woman and a, a, a woman of color as an entrepreneur. I took away that being you is the most important thing to stand out. And it is important to stand out, especially when you are different and to use your, you know, they, they, I felt like their voices were heard without even them using their voice, right? Like you just, you knew them, like you saw what they stood for. And I loved that. I loved it so much. And so that was super special. Um, we were allowed to take pictures, which I was like, that's insane. So we were like literally taking selfies with like every portrait. Sal and I were totally goofing off. Like we, um... I, you know, I took napkins. So like every time somebody would pass me like in a derb, I'd like kind of like take it and like stuff the napkin in my purse because I wanted to bring something back for my girls. And so I like took some presidential napkins, um, the, the, the paper kind, but everything had like, everything was just like super presidential and, oh, and there was a lot of security. So like, but you didn't, you, they were, you, they were all in their like beautiful formal military or navy um uniforms with all their badges but you could tell that like you look a certain way and like I'm gonna get swat down in a second if I make one wrong move and so it was it was just unbelievable to be there and then they had a beautiful feast like just this amazing beautiful uh feast that was very global another thing that I really took away from it was how much thought goes into an event at the White House, right? Everything sends a message. Everything is going to be covered on media. Everything's, you know, so you have to be so careful about everything. And, you know, Islam is one of the world's largest religions. Uh, it's a global religion. And so when we think about Islam um, because of the media and the way that media portrays Islam, you think of a very one view of Islam, which is like a very tiny subset of what Islam is, right? There's African Muslims. There are um, you know, Middle Eastern Muslims, there are South Asian Muslims from like India and Pakistan like me, there are, uh, you know, East Asian Muslims, right, from Nepal, and so there are American Muslims, um, there are Muslims across the globe, and every single, you know, country has their own uh, traditions and how they celebrate Eve and foods and cultures, so it's not one way of, you know, how Islam is, it's a worldwide religion, and so that was something that I really appreciated was like, you know, the the global way that they celebrated Eid and not just, you know, a singular what, you know, you know, here's like some, you know, Middle Eastern food. Like that's not what Eid is also, right? Like we are celebrating across the globe. And so there were beautiful women from Africa and like the most, be everybody had their own like beautiful traditional dresses on. So I was wearing a Pakistani uh, outfit, right? I was wearing a Pakistani um, sharara is what it's called. So it's like like a it's like a it's like a linga, like it's like a skirt, but it has pants and it's like very traditional Pakistani and like um, super pretty with sequins. And I had a dupatta, so I had a scarf, like a long beautiful scarf, and you know uh, on my shoulder is how I draped the scarf. And there were women um, in beautiful like full dresses, like you know Arab Muslims, and then there were Muslims from Africa, and there were you know East Asian Muslims and. Uh, just all different kinds of beautiful it like literally felt like I was in a movie in one of the movies like of like this cultural celebration it was unbelievable and you know one of the moments that I had with Sal outside of the White House when we were were you know being escorted and like walked in it was like we looked at each other and we're like I can't believe we're here like we are here and 
are like, we can come back and I can share the story. And I came back and of course I told like every detail I could to like my husband and my mom and like my friends. And now I'm sharing it with all of you. But there's nobody in the world, like I get to share this with my brother like every time I get to do something. And entrepreneurship is pretty lonely. It's very, very lonely. And I feel so grateful that I always have like a partner. Like I have somebody that like I get to experience it with. And like we had this moment where we're just like, shit, like we like we're here and like no one's ever gonna understand like what it felt like to go like take that selfie with uh, President Obama's painting or like, you know, um, laugh at like, you know, like come back from the bathroom and be like, what was in your bathroom? What was in your bathroom? Like I get to do that with my sibling and like share that experience. And like, that was a moment for me that I'm so, so, so grateful for that I get somebody to do it with and somebody to like, there's nobody else that's ever going to understand it. Um, even no matter how much I describe it. And so that's something that I feel very, very lucky about, very grateful for. And we like had that moment. And I think we both realized it for the first time of like, although we're like really nice to each other in public and you know, all of that, we're still siblings. I mean, we fight like cats and dogs um, and we're not the nicest to each other. We're the hardest on each other. And so I think it was like one of those moments. And I think Sal would agree that we were just like, oh man, like this is really special. And like, we really do have something that's really awesome. And so that was super like important, like of a moment in my life to realize I'm like, man, this is awesome that I get to do this with, um, you know, with people that we love and um, share that share that moment, share those experiences. And so I came back and like, yeah, we were totally taking like selfies and every single, there was like, we literally, one of the, one of my favorite moments was like seeing Abraham Lincoln's portrait. His portrait is also super, super stunning. It's above um, the fireplace and, um, and just like, just taking it all in and appreciating this country, like truly appreciating what people go through to give us the freedoms that we have. And that is what I felt really like it, it should not have taken for me to, to go there, to feel that level of, um, I've always respected this. I've always appreciated my freedom as a child of an immigrant. Like that has always been ingrained in me. I will remember the day that my dad got his blue passport, the day that my mom got her blue passport, the day that my grandmother became a U.S. citizen. Like these things, like we did not take that for granted. However, I did feel like we can all do our parts to make our country the greatest place to be for our kids. And in the world and the way that the world is shaping out to be, it is a very challenging time. And now is the time that it's even more important to unite and to not be divisive and to, you know, uh, solve problems and to solve problems for the world. We're leaders in the world and to solve problems for our country. And it takes people who give up their dreams and their careers and they, and they, you know, it's not easy to um, sacrifice to go become, a, you know, a congressman or a judge or a senator and, like, devote their life to policy and devote their life to advocacy and devote their life for the greater good of, like, what they believe in. And it was – that was one of the takeaways that I had is that I could – I not I could, I should be doing more. And I don't know what that looks like yet, but I felt very inspired um, and that your, you know, our voice does matter and it's important to use our voice for the right reasons. And I think for all of you that have an influence, that have a platform, that have um, whatever stage it is and you think no one's listening, like it's important. The words you put out are important. The messages that you put out are important and use your platform and use your voice to unite and to solve problems for the world and to make the world a better place. And uh, if we all did a little bit of that every day, I do think that it, it, it makes an impact and it, it shouldn't just be this like subset of people that that's their job to do. It should be all of our jobs to do and then we all have that responsibility. And so those were some of like the big takeaways from the White House and then a couple months later, like two months later, it was Eid al and and uh, Vice President Kamala Harris decided that she wants to throw uh, an Eid reception and it was the first time that she has thrown an Eid reception at her home okay so one then I received this invite so one we're like okay White House is amazing I don't you know like don't know how that's ever going to happen again but it was like something we took away and like it's super special and then we get the invite but this time it's literally from Madam Vice President and I died like it was to her home um to her residence and it was 
an invite for us to come celebrate with her and it was so so intimate and I was so excited and I feel like this time I kind of like the first time it was a different kind of jitters but I felt like I had it was interesting I had like a different level of expectation because I had done that experience and it was nothing like my first experience so this experience was completely different in another beautiful way it was at the vice president's home and this time I actually uh, we made some amazing like we met amazing people we've made amazing like just like relationships through some of the connections that like we were building and I got to see some of the same people and so it was like this awesome moment to see some friends that um, I am cultivating relationships with that I really do care about that are like doing amazing things that are representing um, you know Muslims across all different kinds of industries and um that was super cool and just the vice president's home the way she had it was actually like being invited into her doorstep into her home by her um we got an opportunity to meet her as well the at the you know you know no complaints no i didn't get a chance to like physically meet the president and i completely understand that um um so i was so excited to like actually meet her and i didn't know what i was going to say so nervous so one walking into her home I was like a little bit more at ease because I saw familiar faces and just right off the bat like community is so important it does not matter where like when you see a familiar face like you feel more comfortable um and so like such so grateful for um just these friends and these relationships and so we're all waiting we go inside and we're literally at her house and it's beautiful she lives at the naval residence um our Naval Observatory. So I did not know this, but the president lives in the White House. And then, of course, the vice president lives separate, um, you know, so that there's security and there, you know, God forbid one thing happens, there's always like the second in, in command. Um, and then the vice president gets to choose uh, her residence. And so she chose the Naval Observatory and it's just gorgeous. And it's just, it felt like Kamala. Like I, it felt like I could see her living here and there was gardens and the most beautiful gardens and her home was like very luscious and and just inviting and homey like it like it was like you could see her personality through her home we're like literally walking in and she had decorations everywhere like it was literally like beautiful moon and star lanterns like it felt like an Eid celebration there were beautiful vendors like there was a tabla player which is like these little drums um and it just like it was so pretty and it felt like it felt like if my mom wanted to host an eat dinner at her house like and at, like she would host an eat dinner like that like it was so beautiful we had like all like it was like little stations it felt a less formal than the white house but it felt more like I was going into like my, like my like truly like my auntie's home like no pun intended for Kamala auntie like it felt like she was inviting like auntie invited us to her house and to her home to celebrate Eid um with her friends and family and she had different cuisine like different uh stations so there was like so much food um uh, so much food and like little skewer stations and like kebab stations and samosas were being passed around and there was a chai vendor like there was like all of these beautiful little things it was like such a great party and there was like maybe a hundred people there like it was so small and so we got a chance to meet with her take a photo with her and like you know spend a little bit of time with her and the words that I was like okay oh my god what am I going to say to her and first like when I met her like um, everything that was in my head like went out like through my like it was gone and I meet her and I say to her um you know Madam Vice President like thank you so much for inviting me to your home and Eid Mubarak and thank you for doing this this is so important and it means so much and I just want to let you know that how much of an impact that you've had on me especially as you know um I think I said something about like my girls like as a um as a mother of two and uh the moment um when that like really like I would say that I, I that I, I knew like when you were running for when she was running for office and I think it was she was in a debate with uh, Vice President Pence and he like he was interrupting her like constantly and then she goes I am speaking and she kept telling him to like calm down she is speaking and to let her finish and that moment and I know that moment like went viral after and all of that but that like watching that debate I was watching that debate and in that moment it was just like thank god like somebody finally 
freaking tell a man to shut up, right? Like, let me speak. And that moment for me, um, I did not get to, I did not tell her all of this. This is like what's going on. And like what, I, like that moment was such a pivotal moment. And what did I say to her? I was like, that moment when you said I'm speaking was so powerful. Um, and that you knew that your voice was important and that your voice needed to be heard and that you needed, you wanted, you had, you, you were finishing your thought and that that was important. And it was so powerful for you to put, you know, someone, you know, not in their place, but to stand up for you, right? It wasn't about putting somebody else. It was for standing up for you. And uh, that was an important moment for for me as uh, a woman, as a mother, as a business owner. So I think that is like along those lines of some words that I, I like I said to her. I can't even like, it's like literally like I was like in a dream. And she said, she said, thank you. And she was like, um, you know, it, it is important. And she like validated. She's like, it is important. And she said to me, she immediately was like, how old are your girls? And I was like, oh, you know, Mila just turned seven. Uh, I was like seven and four. Uh, and she goes, what are their names? And I said, Mila and Anna. And uh, she knew that I was, uh, a, a, you know, a woman in business. She knew I was a business. Like she knew all of this stuff, which I'm sure people brief her on it. But it was just so special. And then she goes to me, she goes, tell Mila and Anna that Kamala Andi says hello. And I died. I was like, I will definitely let them know. And uh, she gave me a hug and and we got to take a picture. And then we went on to the rest of the party. And then uh, we were just like literally crude, like, you know, perusing around her house. Like I was like in her library. Sal and I always like to like goof off and like go check out things. So we like definitely left all our fingerprints like everywhere. Like the next morning we we're like, man, if there's like something like our fingerprints are everywhere in vice president's home. But I was like picking up her phone and like I took a picture with like, I'm like, hi, Kamala here. Uh, we we're like in her library and she had like her, her backyard was so stunning. Like her pool was amazing. Like we we're like literally just like walking around like her home and um, then there was this like, po- like on her staircase there was like a uh, presidential seal and I was taking a video of the presidential seal and I was like oh there's just like this like beautiful seal and she actually came out to address us and um, gave a beautiful beautifully inspiring speech of what is like it's so important that um, why she's hosting this and her message was all around like unity and that faith is a verb and that like we have to take action um, and we are a country of like diversity and we are a country of inclusivity and like what's taking place of all of this divisiveness and that like, people can't be who they are is like and and it wasn't just about Islam and she she talked about um, you know anti-semitism and like a lot of the, you know, the racism and um, like the homophobia and like all of the different elements of like how as like we just need to unite as people and it was so so inspiring and again, like another, like that moment, I'm just like, why? Like I literally had two months of where I went back and I went back to like business and like all of that. Like, what have I done? Like, what am I doing? And it is important. And I am doing, I'm doing this, right? This is what I'm doing. I get to do it with all of you and I'm using my platform the best that I possibly can. Um, but it's, it, you know, we can all do more. And I felt so inspired and it was so, so unbelievably beautiful. And she was great. And our, you know, second gentleman, he's so funny. Um, he gets on, he like welcomes all of us to his home and he's like, as the first second gentleman, and I'm like dying laughing. And I, and you know, Mr. Emhoff and our second gentleman, he was so wonderful as well. And I think it was so important to see a man be so strong next to his woman and feel, you know, you know, just how he represented. I loved how he, like he, it didn't feel like he was in her shadows, but it was, and it, he wasn't, he wasn't taking away from her light as well. Like he let her shine and to see a strong man, you know, there right next to her also was really inspiring as, um, a wife. And that is how all men should be around women and not intimidated by women. And, and he really did exemplify like what, like, I just loved how he invited us to his home and, you know, he was awesome and the speeches were amazing and everything was just so beautiful and it was actually like a party like it was truly like a reception there like it was like a more of a the white house was more of like a gala reception and this was more like an invitation into her home and we had um like she she sent us back with like little little boxes of chai and like it was 
so fun and we actually had a really really great time like we we had so much fun and it was just two different styles of like the white house was more like you know uh, surreal and taking all of it in and formal and then vice president's home felt like her home and it was so intimate and the people there again the, the caliber of people and the conversations and i feel so grateful that in a room full of 100 people that could have been so, like picked to go that we were on the list and I'm not going to take that lightly and I'm not going to take that for granted and I've come back really really inspired to 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 do good and to make sure that you know we do stand up for all the right things and we support you know the unity of this country and protect our freedoms and protect um, us being us and I just feel super inspired and so thank you for all of the love on social media and on um, everything I know I don't I I sometimes I I try to share everything I best I can but um, this is how I you've been asking and I'm like tell tell us about the experience and so I am so glad I got an opportunity to give you in depth the experience of experiencing the White House as well as the vice president's home and I just feel so honored and I really did take each and every single one of you with me and wherever I go I am taking you with me and your voice is important and your voice is heard and your voice matters and I am here and we are here and so you know send me a message I am on you know my dms um you know go down below and like leave a review I read everything send this share this on social I want to know what you're thinking I want to know how I can support you I want to know how we can support you we are a tribe together and we are the world's greatest tribe of female entrepreneurs and I'm so 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 proud to have the diversity that we have to have the women at the table that we have and our voice does matter and your voice matters and I hope you enjoyed today's detailed episode about our visit to the White House and to Washington DC and I will see you next week at CEO School. Thank you for tuning into today's show. If you loved it, leave us a review. We are so proud to bring you authentic conversations, game changer expert guests, and valuable content on and offline. The best compliment you can give us is by screenshotting today's show and tagging us on Instagram at CEO School and at Sanira Madani. We are obsessed with swag, so don't be surprised if we want to send you some. Thanks for tuning into class today. And remember, nothing bad happens when women make more money.